Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading for this first Sunday in Lent is recorded for us in the book of Genesis, the third chapter, the fall and the consequences. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. 
This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is recorded for us in Paul's letter to the Romans, the fifth chapter. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment followed one trespass, brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. If, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience will the many be made righteous. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Gospel is recorded for us in the Gospel of St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and, all, and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. But Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. 
We're going to be singing our sermon hymn as part of the sermon today, and so I'd encourage you to open up to 562, and uh, or we'll be projecting it on the screens. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. All for one and one for all. United we stand, divided we fall. That's the famous cry of the musketeers made popular by Alexander Dumas in his swashbuckler story, The Three Musketeers, written in 1844. It captured people's imaginations very quickly and was translated into dozens of languages. It's been retold through movies and musicals, comic books, and video games. Did you know that even Mr. Magoo played the part of D'Artagnan at one time? Personally, my favorite is the 1993 Disney adaptation of the story. However, the BBC in like 2014 produced a three-season story a retelling of the story that was nitty and gritty and probably a little more realistic than uh, the Disney version. I couldn't help but think about a variation of that battle cry as being really a good summary of our epistle reading today from Romans. All in one, and one for all. Of course, it doesn't have the nice symmetry of Dumas's statement, but it really fits. If you were in church this past Wednesday, especially if you received ashes, you heard an echo of the words that were first spoken in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. When Adam fell into sin, he not only put himself under condemnation and plunged himself into death, but he brought all of humanity, including you and I, with him. That is... Adam's destiny is death. And because your life is bound up in his, you are walking on the trail that he blazed. Now this morning, as I mentioned, we're going to listen to the Word of God from Romans 5, but we're also going to reflect on a hymn that was written in the early days of the Reformation. A hymn that, that very clearly reflects the spiritual truth. So we join in singing the very first verse of 562. All mankind fell in Adam's fall. Sin is never static. Sin has a life 
all its own. We see this in the garden as Eve is first seduced into unbelief by the temptation of the serpent. Then Adam, her husband, who should have been her guardian, is drawn with her to defy and disbelieve the Creator's Word. He too ate of the tree of which God had warned him, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. The curse then descended from Adam and Eve to their children. The next story in the Scriptures, Cain's murder of Abel, is simply evidence of the impact of sin. And Romans is clear. Sin came into the world through this one man, Adam. And because of his trespass, death has reigned through him. It is an all-in-one situation. But our problem is more than mere mortality. It's not simply that we live out our years and then perish. I mean, if it were only a matter of dying as though death were a part of nature, just another inevitable part of the cycle of life, then we might be able to meet death with calm composure, maybe with some regrets. But death is not natural. God did not create us to die, but He created us to have life with Him. Death is the result of sin. And where there is sin, God's wrath, His righteous opposition to our rebellion, God's wrath is revealed. And is revealed against all unrighteousness. It is a death sentence that Adam's sin brought on himself and the world. The soul that sins is the soul that dies, is the curse that embraces the whole earth, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This death is not simply the last event of our biological life, but actually it is a shadow that casts itself over every step of the journey from cradle to grave. We join in singing verses 2 and 3. Sin is devastating, and its corruption is ever on the move. Creeps, as our hymn puts it, enslaving Adam and all of his naturally born children in a prison from which no inmate may escape. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We confess that because God has first said it. Many places, but David said it so well in Psalm 51. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin 
did my mother conceive me. From our birth, from our conception, we lack a true fear of God. We neither trust God nor do we love Him by nature. This is more than a tendency towards sin. You know, a tendency that we might be able to overcome by decisions of the will or or persistent practice of spiritual disciplines. No, the heart itself is desperately evil, is what God says through the prophet Jeremiah. Jesus Himself declares the truth that the heart is a, it's a veritable cesspool out of which bubbles things like hatred and lies and adultery and all the other toxic symptoms of our sin. We sin in thought and word and deed because that's who we are by nature. We are sinners. That is our death-bound destiny received from Adam. God's image given in the creation is shattered so that we live not only in a dark world, but also with a darkness in our very souls, a darkness that is so deep that on our own we would not be able to find our way back to our Father's house. That's our all in one. That's the truth. That's the law's message of damnation. And so we are grateful that there is another word that comes to us from God. We join in singing verses 4 and 5. But Christ the second Adam came to bear our sin and woe and shame. To be our life, our light, our way, our only hope, our only stay. As by one man all mankind fell, and born in sin was doomed to hell, so by one man who took our place, we all were justified by grace. We are all too familiar with Adam's destiny, not only from scriptures, but by simply living life in this world. He was born and he died. It's not only a biblical refrain, it's the truth about each of us. But the Apostle Paul testifies to another destiny, not of trespass and wrath and death, but of righteousness, grace, and life. It's the destiny of the one man, Christ Jesus. Remember how Paul put it in the text? The free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more has the grace of God and the free free gift by that grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Jesus is the second Adam, but he is so very different from the first. The contrast between these two men could not be more pronounced. Adam stands at the head of humanity, turned against God, turned in on himself. 
In Adam, we have all been one, one huge rebellious man. That's what we sang in our opening hymn. United to Adam, we share his fate. Were it not for the all-for-one work of Christ, who is the one mediator between God and man, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Jesus is the one for all, who when tempted, clung to God's word and shunned the devil. And not only in the wilderness as we read in our gospel reading today, but also at that more opportune time when the devil was again working his magic through the crowds yelling at the crucified Christ, if you are the Son of God, come down and we will believe you. Jesus is the one for all, or excuse me, the all, yeah, the one for all, who has purchased and won Adam's children, not with silver or gold, not with fancy swashbuckling or sword play, but with his own blood. Because indeed the gift is not like the trespass. For in Christ there is grace upon grace. Blessing piled upon blessing. In Christ there is an abundance of mercy which covers all of our trespasses. Even that darkest stuff we pray no one ever finds out. In Adam there is condemnation of plenty and in Christ there is no condemnation because His blood cleanses us from all our sins. We receive these blessings. We receive this victory of Christ in so many ways. And it's obnoxious, but I've got to keep pointing out the ways we receive it. We received it at the font, even as little children being called and baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. We receive these blessings and this victory in Christ every time we hear the message of the Gospel read, proclaimed. We receive blessing upon blessing the life of Christ into our dying bodies every time we receive the bread and the wine of Holy Communion. In so many ways, we are receiving this one-for-all victory. And it impacts our life. We join in singing the sixth verse. Our hymn ends with a doxology because in Christ new life is ours. We are no longer under the rule and reign of sin and death, cowering under God's wrath. We have a new Lord, a Lord who reigns over us with forgiveness, giving us reason to rejoice with new light, new hope, new strength, new powers. We are no longer bound to live by the flesh. But we are now renewed so that we can bear the fruits of the Spirit. Love, 
and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. In the new Adam, these are the things that are abounding in us. All in one. And one for all. Yes, Adam's destiny was death. But in Christ, you have another destiny. You have the righteousness and the resurrection to life everlasting. Thanks be to God. Amen. And the, may the peace of God which transcends all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ, your one for all. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.